when we hear, I don't know what your response is, when you hear about someone that's given their life to Jesus, which means their eternal destiny has now changed, uh, or you hear about someone who did have a headache and doesn't, or did have a bad back and doesn't, um, our response is a little bit like an auntie that won a, won a teacup at a raffle at the moment. I think it's sort of, it's like a sort of, well done, Maud. It's sort of, uh, rather than a, yes, God, do it again. So uh, c- could we do a bit better, I think? Because <laughs> it's just a wee bit, un- I know we're British and we can't help that. It's a congenital defect, I know. But that's, you know, God, most of us, not all of us, some praise God, some are from other nations, from Nigeria and, and other, other nations around. So we're more naturally exuberant. But when someone's born again and their entire destiny is finished, uh, uh, is changed, I th- uh, or, or someone, you know, if it was your bad back, you would be happier, believe me. So uh, I think we could do better at that. And whilst I'm in telling off mode, I know you might not even notice I am in telling off mode, but, but those of us who come normally, can we, to help our guests, park around the back? Would that be all? Unless you're in, in, in a bit older and infirmed, or you're carrying heavy stuff. Because that's hospitality. Hospitality is making room for people that are visiting us. And I've noticed it's getting really crowded out the front. And there's a massive, mahoosive, great car park at the back. So would that be all right? Yes, three people think it's all right. So, uh, so uh, that would be really, really helpful and hospitable. Hi, Si, good to see you. So anyway, if you've got a Bible, we've got on with the proper stuff now. Uh, the people listening to this recording will be uh, suitably admonished. So, so there we go. <laughs> we'll just stick it on Tinternet, that'll be fine. So uh, uh, Matthew chapter 25, we've been, we've been uh, doing a bit of a series, a, a mini-series on what we've called... Uh, developing a have-a-go culture. Uh, your culture is sort of the atmosphere in which Hope Church exists. It's sort of what you do without thinking about it, really. And we've looked at, uh, a while back, you've probably forgotten, we've looked at having a culture of generosity. we looked at having a culture where you can be yourself, uh, which is Im- important in a church, where you don't have to be in Sunday mode. You can just be in your mode. Uh, that's really important to us as well. And just lately, we've been looking at a, a have-a-go culture, a culture of what I suppose you might call courage, where it's okay to have a go. We've looked at some stories. Jim last week was looking at um, Jonathan's armor bearer. He's a guy who, who was just willing. He, he didn't necessarily have a great sense of direction himself, but someone else did. And he said, well, I'll join with you then. I, I, I let, me, let me guard your back. I, I'll come with you. You know what you're doing. I'll go with you. Uh, and before that, we looked at individual courage. We looked at Peter and uh, stepping out of the boat, uh, not knowing quite w- what would happen, but Jesus, if it's you, I'm prepared to step out of the boat. We looked at that, and we looked at the Israelites at the Red Sea, uh, and the River Jordan was in flood, and, and corporate courage that sometimes God tells us as a people, as a church, come on, let's go. Let's consecrate yourselves. Tomorrow, I'm going to do something else. You're entering into a different phase. Step out now. And you have to get your, we looked and saw how faith gets its toes wet. They had to walk up to the edge of the River Jordan and then, and then God did do amazing things. So uh, that's the kind of story we've been looking at. Uh, that as we step out, we put up a gazebo by, by an empty building because of what God is going to do in it. Uh, uh, and then we find that God heals people. That's, that's, but you don't know that. 
All, all you know when you put your gazebo out is you feel a bit of an idiot. That's all you know. All you know is that you're a bit nervous. Yeah, that's, that's true, isn't it? Uh, but, but you have a go, you have some courage. So we've been looking at that because we want to be a church that, that's prepared to have a go, not knowing exactly how things will always work out. There's a tendency in us, if, if you've got my personality, you, you want to know it's all going to work before you do it. Is anyone else like that? Oh, good. It's quite a few honest people here this morning. That's really encouraging. <laughs> Many of us are like that. We want to see it all worked out, and then we have a go. But, but some, usually, when God speaks, it's not like that. We know the next step, and then we see how it works out, and we trust him that as we step out and obey him, his kingdom advances, his church gets built. So anyway, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. I want to talk this morning about how you invest your life. Uh, so Matthew chapter 25, and we read from verse 14. Again, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he said, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold. In the old version it says talents, doesn't it? To another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who'd received five bags of gold, went at once and put his money to work. I don't know, an ISA. I don't know what he did with it. He, he put it in a savings account. He did something. He invested it and he gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who'd received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I, I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I was have, would have received it back with interest. So... Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who's ten bags. For whoever has will be given more. They'll have an abundance. And whoever doesn't have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Which is an eastern way of saying bitter regret. Just, grrr. <laughs> Here we are. A technical term. Grrr. So, what are, we, what are we going to learn? I've, I've got sort of six principles, if you like, for how we invest our life. They're really simple. Simple morning, simple man, simple morning. So uh, here's six things for us to learn. 
first thing is very obvious, but I'm going to point it out anywhere. And it's this. Everything you have, everything you have belongs to God. Everything. Just, so just think about some of the stuff you've got. Everything you have is a gift from God. The Bible says in the book of James, every good and perfect gift comes from heaven. Everything you've got. That's amazing. Everything, your wealth comes from God. I work for that. It's mine. Well, okay, it's yours, but who gave you the energy to work for it? Who gave you the time to work? Who gave you the breath? Who gave you the abilities? God did. That's who. Your money comes from God. You have teddy bear collection. Everything good. The only thing we bring to the party is, is the stuff that mucks our lives up, really. <laughs> Everything we have that's good comes from above. That's, that's the foundation. Now, that, that, if we get that right, and it's important we start there, then, then it gives us a right and humble heart. It gives us a right attitude to the things that we have. Dima tried to get us to give thanks earlier on, to just think of the, the things he's done, the things he's given us, the kindness he's shown us. That's very good. An attitude of giving thanks reminds us that everything we have comes from God and that we're totally dependent on God we don't think about it much but we are everything we have belongs to God here's the second thing God has given us he has given us for those who are doubtful some talents now in the story that's money a talent was it we think about our talents and and that's right but in the story that was money and I'm told that the, the weight of a talent was about, one talent was about 20 years wages. Now, I, 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 don't, know how, I don't know how that works out, because I don't know what you all earn. be interesting, but I haven't got a brain for numbers anyway. So, so, so say, say, you, say you're on benefit and you get, I don't know, what do you get, 100 pounds a week? Maybe not as much as that, I don't know, but it's easier to do the maths with noughts. I've learned that over the years. So if you get 100 pounds a, a week, that's 52, that's 520 5,200 a year, 5,200 years, so that's 10,400 in two years, 10,400 times that, so that's still quite a lot, 100 and something thousand over 20 years, is that right? Gordon's nodding and he's cleverer than me, I knew I shouldn't have done maths, I knew it, but that's, 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 so that's quite a little amount of money, but over 20 years, that's quite quite a lot do you see what I mean now obviously you've got to live out of it and all the rest of it but what I mean to say is is a little over 20 years amounts to a lot do you see that now obviously there are some people earn an awful lot more and then the 20 years worth is an awful lot more but he gives something to everybody God has given us some talents now here's a pause for thought question what is it that God has given me that I can put to use. I'm not asking for your opinion on what he's given me. I'm saying, ask yourself that question. <laughs> Opinions vary. But, what, ask yourself that question. What is it that God has given me? Now, you might, you might not know. You might need to play around a bit and try some stuff to find out. Or you might immediately know. What is it God has given? What, what skills has he given you? What, what 
what do you like doing? What, what kind of things would keep you up chatting at night enthusiastically? What, what do you like to use your... What free time has he given you? What house has he given you? What influence has he given you? What ideas has he given you? What talents, natural talents? What supernatural gifts has he given you? You could spend ages just thinking, what has God given me? And there'll be a massive variety amongst us. Some people got an awful lot of love and the ability to make biscuits. That's just, I just plucked that out of the air. Well, who do you know needs some love and biscuits? Huh? Hey, you, don't, you need no more biscuits. <laughs> We're going out for breakfast later, that'll be fine. See what I mean? You say somebody else says, "I've got, I, I've got compassion, and I can fix stuff." Oh, well, tell someone we could use those skills. Some, some, we've all got different abilities. He's given, and and by the way, everybody, everybody has been given something. Because I, I know there'll be some of us thinking, "I've got nothing to offer." Not true. Now, everybody, there are no zero talent people. None. No zero, no zero talent people. Somebody can do something. God has made each one of us uniquely. The Bible says he, he put you together in your mother's womb. He positions you uniquely, gives you a unique set of talents and ability. There are no zero talent people. Everybody's given stuff. And here's the worst thing to do. Compare yourself with somebody else. That's the worst thing to do because... Because we're all different. You see, if I compare myself to Jim, do you understand that, Jim? See, if I compare myself to Jim, then, then I'm in trouble. Because, say, see, Jim can make furniture. He can build his own extension. He can, he can do things like, if I compare, do you know what? I, I struggle to put a picture up on the wall. I, I really, it's true, isn't it? It's true. So, if I need a tap mending, what I do is I buy a bottle of wine and then I asked Jim. That's what I see. Not that everyone can do that. Not that everyone can do that. No, no, not everyone, not everyone has that talent to buy a bottle of wine. So, but that's what I do. But, but here's the thing. Jim, Jim doesn't like reading books so much and writing. Is that true? That's true. That's true. I, I don't like a holiday without six or seven books. And I, and I can't barely think without scribbling. So, so when it comes to that sort of stuff, it, it needs, uh, it's my, that's my thing. Do you see what I mean? Now we could go on for ages, but I don't want don't to embarrass myself and Jim too much. But, but we're all the same. The worst thing you can do is look at someone else and wish you were like them. God, God made you, you. So we can spend a lot of our lives worrying that we're, and, and do you know what? I've tried to be a number of people over the years. I gave up some years ago. I've tried to be a number of people over the years, and guess what? They're always better at it than I am. Strange that, isn't it? You have to be yourself because everybody else is taken. You can only really be successful at being yourself and using what God's given you to do. I heard about somebody who's in their... In their 80s, very thoughtful guy, and he, he was much reduced in health-wise, and, and he used to cut out pictures of, it sounds a bit quaint, he had some fancy scissors that made a pattern, and he used to cut out p- 
pictures that he liked on cards that people had sent him over the years and he would pray and he would find some encouragement or a Bible verse and he would send them to people in the church. That's great. It's not what I could do, it's not what I want to do, but it's what he could do. So what has God given you? Don't compare yourself with anybody else. Use what God has given you. Here's the third thing. So everything we have belongs to God. God has given every one of us some talents. Here's the third one. God expects us to use what we have. It says, after a long time, verse 19, he returned. He settled accounts with them because they were talking about money. It was accounting. It had to be accounted for. God expects us to use what we've been given. So that leads on to the, another little bit of a thought. How are we putting to use what we have? How are we? We've, I don't know if you did that or not, but think about what God's given you. Secondly, think about how are you using what God's given you, who he's made you to be as an individual. How, how are you using it? See, see the, the, the thing that leads on fr- from that is, is the fourth point, which is it's wrong to bury it. It's really wrong to bury it. Two used stuff, and I like to major on that, but one just buried it. Don't sit on who you are. Don't, don't bury what you have. You have to step out, encourage. You have to have a go. Here's the way Rick Warren uh, talks about it. You cannot please God by always playing it safe. And then he makes this observation. I see dull Christians all the time. No one here, obviously. I see dull Christians all the time. The Christian life's routine, it's gone flat. Why? Because of sitting on the sidelines. Sitting on the sidelines, they're spectating, but no longer participating. They've buried their talents. You get stretched when you're in the game. That's a good quote, isn't it? You get stretched when you're in the game, when you use what God has given you. God expects us to use what we've been given. It's wrong to just bury it. What is it that that keeps us from using what we've been given? Sometimes it's a a misunderstanding of what God's like. This this servant misunderstood what God was like and thought he was harsh and got frightened and and just didn't do it. I I hope we know that. God is good and he loves you and it's okay to use what you've been given and make some mistakes or try something you're not really very good at and then think I'm no good at that and try something else that's all okay because God is good and he loves us sometimes it's just a misunderstanding often it's just fear fear that's what it was uh, in this story the guy says in verse 25 I was afraid I didn't use what you gave me because I was scared. Fear of losing out in some way. Fear of failure often stops us from stepping out, doesn't it? Fear of getting it, what what will people think? If I have a go, what if it doesn't quite work out? What if I can't manage it? What if I can't keep it up? What, what, all of that. And we we get paralyzed. You know, sometimes you get a little knot in your tummy, but you have to, to push through and trust God. I, I was 17 when I started doing this kind of thing, really badly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really badly. Because God spoke to me, and I spoke to someone else, and they were silly enough to let me have a go. 
And, um, so, and I stood up, and I, honestly, the first time I preached, there were about 12 people there. And you've got to feel sorry for them, really. And afterwards, you know what the comment was? Well done, maybe next time you could look at us. <laughs> that, that's, that's the truth. Because I, I was so frightened of people, because so, I'm naturally shy. I know you won't believe this, because you never do, but I was, I'm naturally shy. I was, I, I was so terrified that I just read the whole thing out. Like that. that that's, that's the truth. But God had told me, that's what you should do. So, so I did it. I don't, I don't know where the person got the faith from to let me do it again, quite honestly. But somewhere they got some faith for me and, and let me do it again. And you know, for the first, uh, first three years, I was ill every time I had to preach. Every, I mean, every time. Until, and then I was doing, leading a youth group. Don't know why they gave me that, but they gave me that. Uh, and then I was leading a youth group, and some, some young boys in the youth group realized that I was ill every time I preached. And they got around me, because they were my, like, my little fan club, and, and they prayed for me, and I've never been ill since. So it's down to them. It's nothing to do with me. So, so it, what I'm saying is I'm not really wanting to talk about myself so much as say, hey, sometimes you have to get through the little knot in the tummy. Do you know that little knot in the tummy? That I'd like to do that, but I can't. I'd like to do that, but it might go wrong. Hey, it often goes wrong for me. But it's okay. It's okay. You have to sometimes have to, to push through. That feeling when you're in a group and you've never prayed out loud before and you, you get all hot. And, do you ever, anyone else get that little hot feeling at the back of their neck? And I, I'm in danger of prophesying. I think I've got a prophecy, but I've only got the first five words and I might run out after that. Sometimes you just have to push through and, and have a go. It'll be all right. It's okay. On the other side of that is someone saying, thank you. So glad that really spoke to me. But, but you don't know until you push through. Fear keeps us from using our talents. Fear is the enemy. God is God of, not a God of fear. He's a God, who, he's a God of love. Let's push through. Let's, let me tell you about Edison. Anyone know what Edison did? Invented the... The light bulb, exactly. Do you know he had a thousand prototypes before it worked? A that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of faddling around in a lab somewhere, isn't it? A thousand goes turning it on and either nothing happens or it blows up or somebody gets electrocuted or something. A thousand goes. The, the light bulb was... Was that a failure or was it a process? Ooh, trick question. Ooh. It was a process. But at the time, I guess each one felt like a failure. But actually, see, often our, our, our little failures are a process of God teaching us and training us to step out until we learn what we're good at, what we're not good at, and we learn how it works. And that is okay. In fact, it's very good because God loves us to step out in faith. He loves it. The light bulb was a thousand-step invention. That's just the way it is. That's the same when we start a new anything, isn't it? If you, if you start up a group to do an alpha, if you start up a marriage course, if you, if you decide you're going to visit all the neighbours down your street, if you step out and invite people to the Christmas celebration, if you put up a gazebo and offer to pray for people who are unwell, it, it's all a step of faith. And sometimes they go brilliantly. 
And then there's the other times. That's okay. <laughs> there's the other times. There are the other times, aren't there? I, I, I remember uh, my mate Simon in South Africa started a ministry for the poor and gave a, he used to have a packet of biscuits everywhere and he used to keep giving people biscuits and then he got home one night and he'd given some biscuits to a guy in the a doorway and he thought oh, I really should do better than that it was, it was winter it was a bit chilly so so he got some blankets he drove all the way back into the city center which is quite some way from the edge of Cape Town into the Cape Town found the guy again offered him the blankets and got told to something I won't go there <laughs> and he, he went home absolutely dis, disheart, disheartened but they all gone wrong Duh, maybe I won't do it anymore but but actually his church became famous for caring for the poor but but that's okay isn't it it's okay to try and it not quite work out and see alongside we'll, we'll do it in the future but alongside this having a go culture you have to have a, a what i call a second chance culture do you see what i'm saying yeah you have to have a philosophy that it's it's okay to try something for a while and then stop it it's okay to try something and it not quite work out because no one in this church is written off if they try and it doesn't work out no one if it doesn't work when you when you prophesy for the first time if it doesn't work when you do your outreach or start your new group that's okay it's okay fear keeps us from using our talents so we must overcome fear that's some good things to do talk you know have to talk to some others do it in a group as sensible things to do to to minimize the risk but let's take risks it's okay here's, here's the next point i missed that clock at the back if we don't use use it we lose it if we don't use our talents they, they sort of somehow diminish they're still there somewhere but they diminish in this story he said he said, hey, you're a wicked servant. We'll take away your stuff. We'll give it to someone else. Put your faith to work. Put your talents, your abilities, your spiritual gifts, put them to use. And if you want an incentive, it's this. This story says you'll be rewarded. Just to incentivize us all to use what God has given us. You'll be awarded. There's a whole list of ways that God rewards us. So firstly, there's that affirmation. Well done, you good and you faithful servant. See, when, you, when you've stepped out and done something that you think you should do, or you've gone with others like the armor bearer, and you've done something that they thought we should all do, and you've, you've kept them company, there's nothing like the buzz of thinking, I actually think God was pleased with us. You ever, you ever have that? This, this feels like something we should be doing. You ever have that? I'm so pleased to be involved with that. There's just that internal sense of, well, I've been faithful. Well, I've, I've actually done something good. You might even have dot, dot, dot for once. I don't know. I've done something. It's great. There's, a, there's that sense of the pleasure of God. Do you remember that runner on um, Chariots of Fire? When I run, I feel his pleasure. There's that, there's that sense. Uh, when I gave that money, I've got the gift of giving. I've not been using it. I gave that money. Wow, I felt so good. No, you, you don't necessarily do it just for that. You do it because there's a, something that needs... There's, there's a need there but but there's a sense of the pleasure of God when we use what God has given and at the end of our lives there's also that 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 we will literally look into the eyes of Jesus and you say hey when you did it for that person when you visited that person in prison when you gave clothes to that person who needed them you did it to me well done you good and faithful servant that's that's the ultimate buzz 
That's the eternal one. Affirmation from Jesus himself. And then there's more opportunity. As we corporately do, use what God has given us, he gives us more. That's great, isn't it? God increases the ministry of those corporately who use what God has given them. He increases your sphere of influence. If we're faithful with what God has given us now, he increases our sphere of operation. I can look back. We haven't got time to talk about it. Look back over the last 17 years, and that's, that's exactly what God has been doing. He increases our ability to bless more people as we use what he's given us. And then there's that sense of joy. It actually says, enter into the joy of your master. There's something supernatural happens when we use our gifts. Enter into the joy of your master. God is a God of joy. Some people think he's a supernatural killjoy. It's like punch and duty God that will whack you over the head. It's the opposite. Enter into the joy. There's a party in heaven. He who sits in the heavens laughs. God is permanently in a very good mood. I know he hates sin. But he's permanently joyful. There's joy in his presence. And there's no joy like the joy of using what he's given us to serve him and to serve others. Of course, the opposite of that, shame it, the story ends like that, really. But the opposite of that is that bitter regret that I spoke about. That that gnashing of teeth, that, that frustration of if only, if only I'd used what God had given me. I don't, I don't want to get to the end of my life and think, I wish I'd done this, and I wish I'd used that ability. I want to, I want to use what I've got and, and sort of rust out, <laughs> ripen for glory, using what God has given me to the best of my abilities. Don't you? I, I, want to, to, I don't want to get to the end of my life and regret. Let, let me put it like this. I don't know if some of you are a bit old to remember this, but that time when you, some, guys, that, that time when you really like somebody, and you wanted to ask him out on a date. You really wanted to. And, and then you went out, you had a cup of coffee with them, or you went to the cinema or something. And, 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 then, and then they, you know, actually, we just want to be friends. You get that, that? Do you remember that? Huh? Jim remembers that. Look, I don't want to make him cry, so I don't want to go. <laughs> that, that, and it didn't, the date didn't work out, and you felt, you felt cru- a bit crushed bit disappointed remember that some some of the girls are more honest they go yeah i remember giving him that speech yeah <laughs> but but here's that that's a bit of a regret and it oh it didn't work out oh oh well but here's another regret when you didn't even ask see that's a different sort of regret isn't it when you didn't when you didn't try when you when you bottled out and and, and then you live with oh what if i wonder, i wonder if you know what should oh you know that actually that that second regret is is sort of worse that that if only regret now, i know that's a silly illustration but but we don't want too many regrets that we didn't have a go at stuff do we we didn't have a go at shoving leaflets through a door we didn't have a go at inviting people we did we didn't have a go at doing a bible study we didn't have a, a go at whatever it is that you think god might have given you by God's grace, he's been very generous to us. Let's be a church that uses what he's given us. Now, the other week, I finished with a Churchill quote. I know it's not in the Bible, 
So, so just to prove I'm international, I'm going to finish with a Theodore Roosevelt quote, which I do know is not in the Bible, but it's a, it's a good quote anyway. It's not the critic who counts. Frightened of being criticised? It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds just could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or woman who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, that means they make mistakes, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who actually does strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms and great devotions, who spends himself or herself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if they fail, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place will never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Well, I don't know if you're into quotes, but if you are into quotes, I think it's, I think it's a good one. And it captures just a little bit of this parable. So can we just pray together?